0: You are listening to the Wealth Without Bay Street Podcast, a Canadian guide to building dependable wealth. Join your hosts, Richard Canfield and Jason Lowe, as they unlock the secrets to creating financial peace of mind in an uncertain world. Discover the strategies and mindsets to a financial future that you can bank on. Today on the Wealth Without Bay Street Podcast, in our client series, tons of great feedback from all of our uh, clients who've joined us on the client series, we are joined today by the gentleman who owns the Iron Bank, as he likes to call it, Sean Summers uh, from Niagara in Ontario. Amazing guy. Uh, he lives with his wife and his two sons out there. And um, he just recently heard about Infinite Banking in the last year or so, or a number of years ago, but just kind of got up and running in the last year or so. And, you know, one of the great things I love about Sean is that he just doesn't seem to ever wanna stop talking about IBC. So um, hopefully he'll let Jason and I get in a little bit of the conversation today, but for the most part, we're just gonna let Sean run and kind of go with it. Now, what's really cool about Sean is that he's got a real passion for helping people learn and understand personal finance. Uh, previously, he was a you know trained financial coach with the Dave Ramsey uh, organization, taught that cash is king. Now that he understands the power of IBC, he's really come full circle to recognize that actually, um, really cash flow is king. And so when you mirror the, the budgetary aspects of what he's learned in his past to what he knows now today about IBC, it's just this beautiful, beautiful thing. So Sean, so glad to have us with you here. Where do you want to take us to? What's your favorite thing about IBC you want to share with everybody first off? Oh,
1: uh, well, thanks. First of all, thank you so much for, uh, for having me on. It's really, I'm really fired up. And like you say, one of my favorite things is to t- to talk about is the infinite banking concept. So um, I've learned so much from your podcast and from others. I'm just excited to be here to talk IBC.
2: Uh, It's great to have you, you know, uh, now Rich, you mentioned something about, so Sean formally, I I guess having some financial experience in, in the, the, the Dave Ramsey methodologies, the Dave Ramsey philosophies on things. Um, Sean is, would it be okay if we started there and maybe just talked about, you know, what What else were, what did you receive as inspiration as it related to the process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept? And how did that tie to the things that you had already learned in your experience with uh, Dave Ramsey's methods of, you know, saving and getting out of debt? And so how did this process of IBC inspire you to a whole new level?
1: Right, Uh, great question. Um, So it was a while ago, Basically um, maybe my scenario is a lot, same, our family scenario, same as a lot of families they are young families uh, find yourselves in a lot of debt, find ourselves feeling like we were not in control of our finances at all. Right? So how do you solve that as a, uh, well, a lot of people do it. Let's get our line of credit or let's refinance our house. This has solved our debt problem. Now we're going to be great. Right? But unfortunately if you don't change the habits that got you into debt, you're going to be right back there. Right. So we found ourselves headed back in that direction. And that's when, um, I think it was on the radio uh, down here, or somehow I came across Dave Ramsey and his, uh, his teachings. Right. And he's all about getting yourself out of debt, Mm -hmm. um, paying cash, uh, term life insurance, all kinds of things. Some of the real basics of personal finance with the, with the idea of having financial peace He's all about financial peace. Right. So that I really latched onto that and, St- took We took in as much information as we could, and really gained control of our family's finances with a budget, with uh, cash envelopes, some of these things, and worked out. We no longer had any consumer, like no credit card debt anymore, none of that. Of course, we still had a mortgage and some things like you know, like that. But you know, pledging. You know, we're not going to use debt the way we used to use it before. So, um, a friend of mine, actually across the, across the river here, over in Buffalo, he had been working. He had gone and done Dave Ramsey's training in Nashville, Tennessee. So um, in conjunction with him, I actually did that myself. I went in 2009 <laughs> down to uh, to Tennessee and uh, did Dave's, Dave Ramsey's financial coach training. So oh, okay. um, for a week down there, uh, sort of immersed in how to help people get control of their finances and get that financial peace. So, um, and when I returned back to here to Canada, I've taught a lot of financial peace university courses. That's sort of his brand is mm-hmm. in a church or in a, any kind of gathering, people would get a kit and work their way through um, how do you get control of your finances? Um, and did some one-on-one help with some people as well. And really just uh, love that that ability to help people get control of their finances, because it's such a source of concern and worry for so many people. Um, it's just great to see people realize that they can you know, have peace.
2: Oh, that is fantastic. And- the, the reason, one of the other reasons why I'd ask that question is because, you know, on the internet with, uh, you know, Dave Ramsey, of course, having, you know, been, um, I guess, at the forefront of many financial topics over the years, and much like any other person, you know, he has perspective, he has opinions on things. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I find from Dave is that he does share that, you know, it's, it's a very peaceful existence when you don't have payments, right? When you're not in debt, and you're not beholden to, you know, a lender. And the one thing that the late R. Nelson Nash used to say was that what a peaceful, stress-free way of life it is when the banks are out of your life. And so that's where I think for people that shift in the way that they think, you know, because if you, if you ask Dave about the process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept, his mind immediately goes to the tool that's used as the platform to implement it, which is dividend paying, participating whole life insurance. And Dave has made it very clear, you know, he's, he's not a fan of, uh, of that product. And there are many reasons why, um, you know, we would presume that Dave thinks that way, but it's, it's not that it's anybody is right or wrong. It's just that it's a different way of thinking. And so what's so important for us to emphasize, and we like to do this at on practically every podcast is that we have to rethink our thinking and we, we cannot ignore who's controlling the banking function in our lives, regardless of what we think about it or what our opinions are about it. We haven't met any single client, yourself included, who has said, you know, I'm, I'm really not feeling much better now that the bankers are out of my life versus the response that we get, which is I feel a heck of a lot better. I feel more at peace, uh, less stress, less pressure. And so could you maybe expand on that and and how this process has helped you to, to rethink your thinking?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then that's, I think the rethink your thinking is so key. Like you, like you guys do always say it's because really I thought, I understand personal finance. I get it. Like, this is what you do you make sure you ha- spend less than you earn, don't go into debt. It's pretty basic. You know, investing is a little different, but I thought I understood it. Um, but then, through the course of coming into contact with IBC, um, basically the way I got here was sort of I was, I've always been interested in economics as well as uh, sort of like libertarian political type things right so Mm -hmm. if you're familiar at all with either of those topics particularly austrian economics at some point you're going to come across the great bob murphy and uh so i came in contact through him there and realized he's talking about something called ibc what's this bob murphy's talking about it it's got to be good so i checked it out and for whatever reason at the time i wasn't ready to learn it and i see Um, this is something for like wealthy business owners. This is something Mm. that you you have if you're a business and, and, you know, might make sense for me someday, but this is not for me. Okay. A couple of years later, um, probably three or four years later. I don't know. This is last year now, uh, February of 2020. Um, I've got a little, pretty involved in Twitter. And if you're involved in a certain corner of money Twitter, where people talk about personal finance, uh, investing, business, making yourself a better person, being more successful. Uh, I came across another friend of the show, uh, Nate Dean. Yes. And, he, uh, and he, he was, you know, pretty consistently promoting a course. And I'm like, why would I need a course to learn more about money? I, I took a course, I went to Tennessee, like just told you guys, uh, I don't need this guy's course. Um, then he tweeted something out and he said, Libertarians, listen up! If you if you want if you don't take my course and learn what I'm teaching, you're just going to keep giving money to people that don't share your ideas. And I said, well, mm-hmm. he's calling me out as a libertarian. I better uh, take this. Just see what it's all about. So I, I checked out his course, and something sort of clicked where I understand. Well, he what he's talking about is way different. And I, in order to really grasp it, I had to change the way that I thought. Right? He mm-hmm. shows the example of of you know buying a car using um financing versus paying cash versus taking a loan and taking a collateralized loan or buying a gic and taking a collateralized loan against that and it's like wait a minute how does that work so um you know because i bought the course uh he puts me in touch with a guy called richard canfield um which is a little bit later april 15th i'm emailing richard and then like uh, April 22nd, I think I zoomed with Richard. And then um, by May 6th, I have three policies and I'm fired up to do some <laughs> infinite banking. That's like, that, and that's approved policies, not even applied.
2: Well, th- so, uh, this is, so Sean, this is a sharp example of uh, the, the human condition that Nelson described in his book, Becoming Your Own Banker, when he talked about the arrival syndrome, where mm-hmm. if a person has um, either developed that, way of thinking of, you know, hey, I've already learned everything there is to know. I can't be taught anything new. And, and a person loses the inspiration to, to learn something new, then Nelson would always say, well, look, you know, it's all downhill from there. But what you just described is a sharp example of overcoming the arrival syndrome, because you thought, hey, why would I need to, like you mentioned, right? Like, why would I need to take this course? But there was something there that inspired you to, to do that. And look at the impact that it's had, on you and how this process has now really changed the way that you think. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Totally changed the way I think changed the idea of cat. Like you said, uh, the idea from being cash, being King to cash flow, being King. I think just the other day you posted a picture of yourself wearing a cool shirt that says cash flows <laughs> King. And I said, take my money. Yeah, you I, did. <laughs> I actually, I actually have a shirt or had a shirt that said it was a Dave Ramsey shirt. It said, go green, use cash. Right, and I I couldn't find it to have it here for the podcast, but now it would be cool if I had both side by side. Right, cash flow is king, not uh, not just cash. Right, cash is great, but when you have full control of your cash flow, um, I control when every payment, almost every payment now, comes out of my bank account. Um, There's never like you know um, you know normally you know many of your payments kind of are random. Right, Um, the sixth, the twentieth the 15th, you know, whatever. But now I can say, well, no, I want my payments to come out on my payday. I want them to come out on my wife's the day my wife gets paid. I want it to come out on the 30th of the month. Almost all the payments in my life are controlled by me and very few are remaining that are like auto withdrawal that I have to be like, Oh, I hope I have enough money. Right. So it's pretty cool. That is and, awesome.
0: What's really cool about this, Sean. So you, you know, it's like, okay, we met, we had this April, you know, first contact. You know, had a meeting, several precipitous meetings afterwards to land in a position where you know, uh, doing some application with the insurance company. Everyone gets insured. It's a wonderful thing. It doesn't always happen that fast. In case anyone thinks that that's always the case, it's not always that case. Six um, days. We do get, we do get that lucky hurts. from time to time. <laughs> but so, so I think you said it was in May, sometime when you had your policies activated. Mm-hmm. And then, what would you say? Probably first week of June, you had uh, in hand first policy loans in your bank account.
1: Uh, yes, I think that's probably about right right one of the very first policy loans we took out was to complete the um, paid up additions on uh, the other policy and then started working from there
0: and, and and since then you've now taken several loans repaid them to your own kind of separate system bank account. Mm-hmm. He's got a spreadsheet. He's tracking everything you're paying like your home and auto, like home insurance, auto insurance, mm-hmm. uh, proper and annual property taxes. Mm-hmm. Give, give us a list of a couple of things. Just share with the listeners.
1: Maybe uh, they're yeah. thinking
0: about this for the first time. What else sure. have you been using before?
1: Sure. So the simple, I mean, you're right. Home, home insurance now, uh, the home insurance we just got because it renewed uh, in January. So now I've just put that into the system. Home insurance, auto insurance, um, Amazon Prime uh, what, like our water bill, right. Which isn't a monthly bill here in, uh, where I live, it comes quarterly. So I pay, take a loan for that, repay that back into the, to their taxes. Like you said, um, just about anything that would be a monthly expense, um, uh, the gym I'm a, I'm a member of, uh, I do train Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Maybe you guys do too. Um, I put that in there and, uh, yeah, e- everything that, that can be, Paid monthly, I try to put it into there. Especially if there's an option to pay yearly, because insurance right. is the insurance is the best example, right? If, if it's a um, $100 a hundred dollars a month or whatever, if you pay it all up front, it's eleven hundred dollars for the year, as an example, right? So right away you're making a savings, and then you're paying, but you but you keep the same payment that you would have been paying on the monthly. So then right. that interest that was going to go right to the insurance uh home or auto insurance company is going right into um my bank so i like that so
0: so, so you weren't working any harder didn't really change your no. cash flow it changed the way you thought about cash flow and how mm-hmm. you used it but the actual cash flow itself didn't change you're just picking up the spread and the differential that used to go to the other guys yeah it, that, and, i mean did you have to invest any money to get that done or did you just have to invest in you
1: mainly i invested in me like you say i create a spreadsheet that has you know Every I put a date. the date on the left side. So whether it's the 15th of the month, I get paid on the 15th and the 30th. So it's the 15th or the 30th, or it says uh, my wife's payday. So some things happen uh, biweekly. Some things happen on the 15th or the 30th. Some things I just kept on the day that they were already coming out. Um, So if it was already happening on the 21st, I left it on the 21st, just because I could. Um, So I'll put that and then I have the payment, the payment for the full month. So if it was, uh, you know, uh, if I pay it twice, 50 bucks each time someone's paid, it's a hundred dollars. Then, uh, and then what does that add up to yearly? And then it's all adds up there as the day comes on the 15th, I sit down and I highlight in green paid. Okay. So I can see some things are auto, right? Some things I have set up to automatically pay other ones. I leave in my control just in case for some reason, money was short. I can divert that or wait and put it off till later, right? So it's, again, I could set them all up to be auto withdrawals, but I don't have to because I'm the banker, so I can do it how I want.
2: So speaking of being the banker, so if you reflect on knowing that you've got this, this system of policies, so your family banking system, mm-hmm. you're accumulating this growing pool of financial value, it just keeps rising every single day, you're in a position of total and absolute control as it relates to your needs, your family. Describe to listeners how that makes you feel.
1: I mean, like you say, it feels great. It feels as though every day, um, you, if I want to, and early on, I did this more, watch your the cash values go up. Um, it was very exciting because uh, the way my wife's policy is set up, we backdated it. So I've already made her next year's payment the right. anticipation of seeing the dividend come in, seeing the cash, the, the loan available go up, right? Uh, I was actually, I, because I paid it early, like um, my coach taught me to down there, uh, I w- it was actually a couple of weeks before the number changed. So I'm like, it was every day I was looking, wait, I didn't know when it was going <laughs> to change, but it doesn't change till the policy anniversary date. But no, it feels great. And it's exciting to know that if I need, if there was ever um, some kind of a disaster or some kind of like maybe a pandemic, I've been fortunate enough to be working essential through the pandemic, but some people aren't. But if for some reason I was off work, you know what I mean? I could just not pay for a couple of months or however long till, till um, some kind of support comes in, whether it's from the government or, or something else, it's completely in my control. So it's, for me, it brings the level of that financial piece that even in the, the former system you have, but just like a next level, right? It's sort of like you've gone to another tier of, of financial, understanding.
2: Well, I, I was talking to a, um, a gentleman earlier today and what you just shared reminded me of that conversation when, you know, he had said, yeah, you know, cause we always hear the, the mainstream, you know, financial advice, right? Save money for a rainy day.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I said, man, why aren't you saving money for, sunny days too like why does it just have to be for a rainy day like why not save for all weather days you know you've got you have this pool of financial value that keeps going up every single day whether it's raining hail snow sunshine it just keeps growing and so by creating that you're not only like you said you know you've been blessed and fortunate that throughout the pandemic you've been able to continue working and and to continue saving continue building your warehouse of wealth but for listeners, this is an opportunity for you to shield yourself from what comes next. Mm-hmm. And it's not siloing your thinking to, gosh, I got to put money away for a rainy day. Mm-hmm. Get your money inside of a system where if you think about it, people are like out there chasing that, that, that next best thing. You know, they're, they're riding that roller coaster. Get on the elevator, man. It just takes you up. That's it. And so in your case, I think what you shared is, is so important for listeners uh, to, to grasp in terms of how this has made you feel since implementing this process in your family.
0: Now, and I, I want to give a real special shout out to Sean, because, you know, what he shared with us earlier in the call today is, you know, he had come from a, uh, uh, he had invested in himself early on in his own education. Um And driven by a passion to help others. And he was able to get really clear on some fundamentals, which are the same things that Nelson Nash talks about in his book, which are human conditions.? Right. So you know Sean's stepping into this world of IBC, already having a pretty good adept level at conquering Parkinson's law inside of his financial budget, which is, you know you said how previously, you know we would re- we refinance the debt and then we saw, well, we were going back down that same track again. Well, that's Parkinson's law, expenses rise to equal income, et cetera appearing and showing up in people's lives, you had already done the necessary work to kind of, you know, build the habit of that away from you. So you could be in a habit of financial prosperity, really managing, you know, there's a, there's an adage that says, uh, the, the more you manage your money, the more money you have to manage, Manage. right. (laughs) And and so, and so you've already kind of developed into that, that process. And then as IBC comes into your life, It's like boom. Okay, great. I can take the skills that I've already developed and working for me, and I can add fuel onto it now, like fire onto these skills in in a way of growth that I hadn't experienced before. So it's it's amazing, and I'm I'm so uh, grateful to have you on the show and to to be sharing your story with everybody.
2: Cool.
0: It's so good. T- tell us a little bit about, um, you know, for all the Game of Thrones fans that are listening in, um, you know, you, 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 you've you shared about how you talk about this with everyone you meet, but even in the family. I'm sure there's there's points, if if your wife's anything like mine, um, where they just kind of walk out of the room because they're tired of hearing about it every once in a while. But how, how do conversations like this come up uh, in, in the household uh, now, Sean?
1: In the household, I mean, you're right. I think we've come to an agreement of you know, you've heard about the uh, the infinite banking, and then if, if you're having a meeting with Richard, you know it, that's more an area of excitement for me maybe than my wife, right? But it's just okay. But I do love talking about it all the different most of the times. Uh, maybe uh, more so than my wife, my uh, the guy I work with. Uh, his name's Todd. Shout out to Todd. He hears me all the time say something along the lines of, hey, "You got any of that uh, dividend-paying whole life insurance yet?" And uh, so I'll just run that by him or I'll think we're, getting a, we're getting a bonus uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, I said, you know what I'm gonna do with that? Buy more dividend paying, more life insurance. And then he, he knows, right? He, he, I don't even have to tell him. Um, so I do, I do that as well. And then I know we talked about before about the Iron Bank uh, illustration, right? Now before, I mean, do you guys not have a name for your financial system? You just call it like the Canfield Family Bank? I mean, is that what you do? <laughs>
0: It's, I I literally had a conversation yesterday with my kids and I asked my son a question and I, you know, I said, well, what, you know, how, how do we make our, our money? Where does our money come from? And he says, the Canfield family bank. I said, well, well." right. That's, that's where we store it. Yep. But that's not where it all comes from. (laughs) So we had a little conversation about it. In fact, I just arrived today from Amazon. I've got a little, you know, like a little cash register type money box. So I'm actually going to be instituting some new with coins, doing some things to help, uh, Get the kids involved in paying the family bank back in, a, in an cool. interesting way it's a new little idea that i had so yeah
1: well that's an interesting way of doing it but it's not an interesting name for your bank okay so let we got that going but uh i bank so through the online banking that i use right i've set up a system where i have my regular checking account that i always have uh, another checking account I you can give it a nickname so i call that the ibc checking account works and then um you know, They offered me the chance to open up a, high, a, a savings account. I'm like, sure, why not? But I can give that a name too. And I, I could have written Summer's Family Bank, but I thought, well, how about I call it the Iron Bank? Now, why would I do that? Like you said, for Game of Thrones fans, they probably know why. But in the book, um, I'm, I was a book, fan of the books first. In the books, the Iron Bank uh, is known because they always get repaid back. The Iron Bank will have its due right? That you can't not pay them back. So I figure if I'm going to develop the mentality of being in control, what bank though it's fictional is more in control than the iron bank. So I gave it that name and that's what I teach my son. You know, we have the iron bank that we can go to, you can call it the iron bank of uh, summers. That would be cool too. Right. But um, the, the, the mentality is no matter what, they're going to get paid back. You can't really cheat them. I mean, you can, I can cheat the iron bank, but who am I cheating? cheating myself, right? So I'm not going to do it. Uh, so that's just a fun way for me of, of, of uh, both labeling it, keeping them separate and really reemphasizing if I take anything out of the one that's lab- labeled iron bank, if I make a transfer out from that, it's on paper or on the spreadsheet. And it's a loan that has to get repaid back at some point on whatever schedule the banker chooses and the banker is me.
2: Oh, I love so, that. And
0: that's a couple that speaks- of really cool takeaways. Jay, I got to jump in here. They go left. So if you're listening in this, there are a couple of really important takeaways. So number one, you always pay the Iron Bank back. But also notice how Sean is using someone else. He's He's using a system of pieces, a couple of different accounts. He didn't mention the policy. The Iron Bank is an extension of the system of policies. So it's 100%. all interconnected. Okay. And and the and so the transactional aspect can happen at the you and me level. Nelson says you got to operate at the you and me level. And the other thing that I thought was really, really important there is you you is the mentality. He really says that we're focusing in on having the right mentality. And we're I'm already starting to teach my kids about this because if they get the mindset right and they their thinking is in the right way, then what you're gonna create is you're gonna create perpetual motion, perpetuity on the iron
2: bank. Love it. Absolutely. yeah. Well, that is an ironclad way of describing how you're using this process. And, you know, Nelson did uh, a really great job of, you know, reminding us that this process is also an exercise in imagination, because I think what you've done really, really well, Sean, from what you're describing and, you know, obviously with Richard being your coach and and spending that quality time together, he's, you know, more familiar with your implementation of the process, but from what I'm hearing you describe You've really embraced uh, a number of things. One, uh, becoming all four characters in the financial play, the depositor, the borrower, the banker, and the bank owner. And you've really demonstrated uh, your understanding of the grocery store example. And don't steal the piece. And if a person understands the grocery store example, the rest of becoming your own banker is ridiculously simple. And so what I'm hearing you describe is just a a great interpretation, exercising your imagination, understanding the characters in the play, you know, treating your system obviously as a business. And whenever you borrow capital, you have created an expectation that it's going to be repaid. You're tracking, you're monitoring that activity, and it's continually inspiring you to expand your system and to continue growing it. And so kudos to you for doing that that uh, it's really it's always so awesome to hear existing client stories of how this process has not only changed their lives but what are they doing to implement it what are some of the unique creative ways that they're implementing this process in their lives so really appreciate you sharing it
1: thank you so much and uh, Richard will testify I was I'm so excited I've already said how can I make it bigger and he kind of said let's slow it down for a tax year or maybe just See, but I am still excited to keep growing the system. And thank you so much for your for those kind words.
0: <laughs> you're welcome. Well, you know, the other thing that I think is really important here is, you know, so if you're watching this, if you're hearing Sean, you'll recognize there's a level of excitement in just the, the way he communicates about the process. And so you you've you've also found a way to essentially gamify your financial life. You're 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 having fun in the process of doing these things because you're taking something that for a lot of people the moment they hear the words dividend paying whole life insurance like you know you, you you turn you're turning the other way and you look back and like they're gone well how did they get it? it's like a it's like the roadrunner you know they just take off they're gone they're out of the room but the reality is you've recognized that if you if implemented properly using these skill sets working from Nelson's book the the source material you can have a tremendous amount of fun in your financial life, but and, and and prosperity created by simply owning the tool and then utilizing the tool appropriately uh to, to make things a reality in your life. So man, it's just awesome. And I think a lot of people are gonna gonna pick up on that. They're gonna recognize uh that you can have a lot more fun in your financial life if you just uh f- figure out a way how to make that happen. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, for sure. Like when I, if you had talked to me, you know, 10 years ago or uh and said, not only are you gonna own whole life insurance. One of your favorite things to do is going to be to make payments on whole life insurance. I would not have believed
2: it. And well, so on that note then, Sean, so what would you share with, with listeners about um, the, I guess the importance of educating themselves on this process? What would you share? What would your words of inspiration
1: be? I just really open, I think, open your mind to understanding that you don't really know it all. I mean, you you'd obviously bet people know they don't know it all, but you might think you understand personal finance. This is a, a change of thinking, I would say. Open your mind to it, whether you're going to um, contact directly to Ascendant, uh, contact one of you guys directly, get, you know, um, watch some more YouTube videos, listen to all the podcasts, get the Becoming Your Own Banker book. Mm. One way or the other, whether you have a friend that you could borrow it from for a limited period of time. There it is. Uh, I don't have my copy here. My copies are in, the, the two copies I still have left are in my car just in case I need to sell it or, or, or otherwise say, hey, do you need a copy of this? I just had two people buy a copy off of me in the last two, two weeks. Well, if uh, you run I'd into Dave
2: Ramsey, to- make sure he gets one.
1: <laughs> I will do, uh, I think I might gift one. Um, but uh, yeah, like it's not a long book. Understand the, like you say, the uh, grocery store example. Um, that's probably one of the ones that really clicked for me is once you understand that you can't steal the peas, um, at work, I've actually taught, I work with young people and I've, I teach them financial literacy from time to time. I actually brought up, there was no peas in the kitchen. I brought up one of the big cans of Campbell's soup. It's about like the size of my head. And I said, imagine this was for sale in a store. And what would happen if someone just walked out the back with the soup? How are you going to get more soup on the shelves? And they, some of the kids, um, like it, they clicked, right? You can't. Steal from your own business, and once you realize that being a banker can be a business for you as well, um, it's fun, and you can you stay excited and get fired up about telling people about it and doing some banking.
0: So good. So, <laughs> Rich. so uh, another key takeaway here for listeners is like, so you're like, why is Sean selling books? Why does he have becoming your own banker books in your car? Well, a couple of books. Uh, a lot of people who to get uh, enamored with this process, they're like, "Can you send me some books?" Like, I got people that need these books, and I'm like, "Okay, well, are you going to give them away?" Yeah. All right. Well, then I'm not going to send them to you. Are you going to sell them to people? Uh, maybe. <laughs> well, if you sell them to people, I'll send you some books. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, no, um, that's so good. See what what happened. I was going to. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, sorry. Our A friend Sarbula friend says. Uh, yeah.
0: Oh, go ahead, Sean.
1: No, I don't know. Um, a friend of mine contacted me and said, you know, uh, my brother has this idea that we should do uh, we should do something with cha- like doing banking, and he's got this crazy idea. What do you think about it? And I said, is it this? And I sent her a link to um, uh, the Nelson Nash movie. And I said, is it this? She's like, yeah, I think it is. I said, well, come on over and we'll talk about it. And she one of those books and now she's a client of someone in ascendant I'm not sure uh, but I sent her to you Richard and now she's working she's got policies because why wouldn't I tell my friends about probably one of the most life-changing books I've ever read realistically in terms of it completely changing the uh, mindset that I had so it's fun
2: that's awesome that's uh, building the 10% sharp example yeah Love it. So,
0: you know, before we, uh, we, we, we have one of our, our most important questions, Sean, I would love to, uh, maybe just ask you, you know, someone, so someone's they they randomly land on this podcast completely, you know, out of the blue, YouTube, YouTube brings it up as a recommendation or something like that. And, uh, they're listening to this for to the first time. They've never heard about IBC. They don't know anything about what it is. Um, if you were to make a suggestion to that individual you know, what would, what would be the first thing you would recommend that they
1: do? If they've listened to this whole podcast, the first thing to do, I mean, I would say listen to a couple other podcasts, really, like there's so many in Wealth Without Bay Street that that and probably on almost every one of them, you say get the Becoming Your Own Banker book. So at some point, if you keep listening to the podcast, I don't see how you're not going to want to get the book. So maybe the advice is get the book or is the advice listen to more podcasts? I'm not sure. Either way, get your hands on well, I guess the source material Read becoming your own banker.
2: Love it. Thank you, Sean. Pleasure to be with you, Richard. Do you want to take us across the finish line today?
1: I
0: absolutely do. So uh, Sean, you know, um, we all know that uh, not all game of Thrones characters, not all superheroes (laughs) wear capes and you may not think of yourself as a hero. However, you're out there. You're helping the youth uh, today. You, 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 in your work, your day-to-day operations, you're actually literally helping people, sharing this message. I f- certainly believe you're helping people. You're creating value for others. You're benefiting, making their life better and easier in some way. So, our big question for you is: Share with our listeners who would you like to be a hero to?
1: Um, I would like to be a hero. I think first to my to my own family. Um, building this legacy of uh, you know of wealth, I think is going to be changing for generations you know my children that i have and, and their children in the future someday i think that's really the main thing but I also just um anyone that i can share with who might decide to look into it a little further right i think of both nate and you richard as a hero because without you without the two of you combined i would still just be sitting around not being a banker but now i'm a banker with complete control of the cash flow in my life. So you guys are heroes. And um, it's because you were telling people about it. So.
0: Very cool. Awesome. Thanks, man. We appreciate you. So excited to have you on this. I hope people get a ton of value out of listening to you. And uh, I look forward to hearing how the iron bank uh, continues to recoup uh, all, all dollars lent from within its walls.
1: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me.
2: Yeah, it was a pleasure. It was great to be with you, Sean. And for all of our listeners, if you look over here there and you're on the YouTubes, uh, you're going to see the recommended upcoming videos. So please continue to watch, continue to learn, uh, never lose the inspiration to grow and and learn something new. And, uh, I would encourage you to follow Sean's recommendations. Get your hand on a copy of R. Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. Uh, the link to do that is included in every single one of our episodes underneath the uh, the video in the show notes. And we look forward to uh, connecting with you real soon. Thanks for tuning in.
0: Thanks for listening to the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast, where your wealth matters. Be sure to check out our